episode 130 of the daily degenerate podcast this is the state of sports edition here lately i've been doing a lot of 32 teams and 32 episodes uploads and i still am i think i'm only a little bit more than i think i'm like halfway through with those so expect more of those figure we give you an update on the stuff that we know and the stuff that we're kind of going through uh without further ado i am joined via facetime uh with thomas penland of TP3 bets. I, I don't even know the role players. I don't even know what you call yourself these days, Thomas. Host of hot takes with TP3. I'm still Mr. TP3 bets. I'm on the role player website as well. Y'all can find me on there. Find me on Twitter at uh, TP3 wins and on Instagram at TP3 bets. But I'm still same old Thomas Penland, and I'm just glad that it looks like things are finally starting to get back to normal. The same animal, but a different beast. Thomas Penland, what we are doing today is we are going to talk about the big six in sports. Sorry, Bundesliga, you, you are not in the big six. We are going to talk about the state of the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, EPL, which is the English Premier League, and the MLS. Those last two really don't have a humongous burden on my life because I'm a soccer fan, but I don't necessarily like betting on soccer, and I don't... I'm not a soccer nut. Like I don't watch scheduled games every, every, every day. Um, myself and Thomas Pimlin right now are actually sweating out the over four goals in Bayern Munich versus who? Frankfurt. Um, yeah, honestly, I think I think we still might get it, but I got a little, nice little live bet when the match was one one on a uh, Bayern Munich, and another nice one on the on the over two and a half, over three, and then the straight up over three. So. Got a good bit of things left we can still cash in on. But um, I actually just wanted to say this real quick about the Bundesliga before we get things going. It's kind of funny how, like, these, like, Bundesliga, you know, there's not really much parity. Like, Bayern Munich and Dortmund are so much better than everyone else. And then there's about three other teams, which is uh, Leverkusen, uh, Masch and Glockba, and um, Red Bull. Uh, yeah, Red Bull Leipzig, who are. I mean, those teams are just light years ahead of everyone. Everyone else other than that can pretty much beat each other. I mean, those three teams, though, really after Bayern and Dortmund can – I mean, they they all played pathetic this last week. But, I mean, typically those teams are going to win as well. But, I mean, there's a little bit more chance of them having a letdown. But, yeah, I mean, that's honestly why the Bundesliga only gets, what, two teams in the uh, – in the Champions League, I mean, there's just not much parity in the league. Wasn't there a famous soccer player like Timo Werner or somebody that came out this week and said that the Bundesliga is just straight up boring because because there's only two teams that win the title every year and without the other three teams, it, it, you're watching a bunch of farmers play. Yeah, RB Leipzig's been pretty good, but at the same time, you know, they're just not on the same level as these other teams. They do score a lot of goals and everything, and honestly, I think they're one of the more fun teams in the Bundesliga to watch play, but you said it best, Cohen. I mean, there's just 
it's it's always the best teams win the Bundesliga. But I mean, hey, I'm just glad to have some sort of live sports back. It's nice to wake up. I've been waking up every weekend nine thirty in the morning to watch these matches, and I mean, I just it just gives me some sort of normalcy, you know, to be able to sit on my couch on Saturday and at least watch sports for three or four hours. I know that um, guys like me and you, we usually stay up until five a.m. as opposed to waking up at five a.m. Or have you been have you been doing the Korean baseball league any? Honestly, I just saw everyone getting absolutely worked on Korean baseball. I know now that there's more, like, games and stuff that it's been a little bit easier to bet on. But, I mean, I don't watch any Korean baseball. I will say this, though. I can tell you all this much, that the bullpens are garbage. So, once that these teams' bullpens get out there, that's why these final scores of these games end up being, like, 19-7. to 7. I mean, there's just, you know what I mean? It's just horrible baseball. I can't watch it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, as much as I love baseball in all capacities, and as much as I love Asian baseball, the Korean League does not have that much talent. Um, and all, and the biggest thing is kind of what we're going to segue to talk about is that the reason that I'm not jumping for joy kind of like you are right now, and I'm kind of jaded to this all this sports coming back, no fans really takes all the air out of the stadium. Like It's almost cringeworthy to watch most of these sporting events with no fans. Do you agree? I agree with you, but at the same time, the Bundesliga, they do a good job, you know, of making fake sound and kind of, you know, making it seem like there are some fans there. So I really do like that aspect of it. That they've done a better job of doing stuff like that for it. But overall, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, as much as it sucks having no fans, I'd rather have no fans in there and have something to watch and have some sports just to be excited about rather than have no sports whatsoever with or without fans. You know what I mean? It's kind of like at this point, we got to take what we can get and I'm just satisfied with having something. Yeah, and that's true, and that's, I mean, I guess that's kind of the privilege that me and you as, as podcasters, we can sit here and dissect what's going on, we can sit here and, you know, kind of talk about and give our commentary to what's going on, but the the sentimentality of your of your point, I don't agree with. If you're asking me would I rather sit here and watch games with no fans or wait a few more months and then watch games with fans, I would much rather watch games with fans, soccer especially, or football, depending on, on, on what kind of purist you're listening right now, I I think that these games are absolutely a travesty without fans. And and our Atlanta Falcons were ahead of the curve pumping in that fake crowd noise. We were just getting in coronavirus practice. But it just, hey. you take so much of the atmosphere out of, out of the games. You take so much of the home, home field advantage. You take so much out of these games that it makes it look like it's not even the same product that you're watching this point you just got to take what you can get like i'm absolutely going crazy man with no sports on to watch i mean it sucks i mean every single night all i would look forward to is getting home from work getting home from the gym being able to sit my happy ass on the couch and watch basketball watch baseball watch anything you know what i mean and it absolutely sucks i've sat here and played about all the darn xbox i can sit here and play yeah, I mean, overwatch, I some... overwatch is starting to get boring for me dog like, I, I, mean, I, I can't load up that many more games Shoot, it was boring for me two months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I need some sort of sports in my life. I need something to distract me from all the negativity and everything going on in the world right now. And sports is exactly what we need back. I mean, don't get me wrong, not having fans in there is going to suck and it's going to change the atmosphere up. But at the same time, you know, it's the world we're in today. And, you know, you got to make the most of what you got. Thomas Finland, I was so bored without sports that I went camping for a weekend by myself. I was the only person in my black BMW drove all the way out to Alabama, camped in the wood for the weekend, and then just drove on back. I, who would go sit in the woods in a tent for two days? It's yes, I understand what you're saying, but I thought the the kind of the point about sports 
is to pit two good teams against each other and find the best pure winner, to find the most fair outcome between the two teams. And I think that once these leagues take away these fans and make everybody go to one central location and we can only play games here, no families allowed, da, 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 I think you'd lose sight of why we're actually playing the sport. You're, you're, I understand that me and you love watching sports, and I love watching sports because it, it, it always is the best athletic competition. But once you try to force this sports down our throats and bring it back too early and bring it back under the wrong pretenses just to entertain us, I think that that's why you lose the whole reason that you play sports is to get the best athletic competition out there. So this is kind of what we're going to talk about uh, in this episode. We're going to talk about a few of the return plans for some of these sporting teams <coughs> that are coming back. I guess we'll start with the English Premier League because they were the first team to come back. They will have a June 17th return, which is in about a week, I suppose. Um, and the interesting thing about the English Premier League, and for those of you who know anything about British culture or the Premier League in general, is that British people do not have the same sort of television situation that we have set up over here. If you have a television in your home in England, you must pay what's called a TV license. That means that you're not paying for the channels to, co to come on TV. You are paying for the hookup that is in your home that could or could not be connected to that TV. So, up until this, every British soccer game, every Premier League game has been on these paid networks, like we would know ESPN or ABC or wherever, these soccer games will, will get put on these paid premium channels. The, the, the return, the 617 return of the English Premier League will actually be free on all British TV channels. Uh, there will be no TV license required to watch. So they are coming back and they are bringing games. Actually, and something that's also weird with the EPL is they're going to have games on every single day. Which Thomas is a big Premier League better, so he knows that games are usually on Wednesdays, Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays. You usually have these well-defined days for your TV markets, but no, there's going to be a packed schedule, games seven days a week. Um, and a, a, another weird thing is, instead of having three substitutes available that you can use in a soccer game, coaches will not have five substitutes that you can use, and the bench has been expanded from eight to, or seven to nine. So, Thomas Penland, how do you feel about what the Premier League is doing? We need sports every single day. We need something to distract us from the world and distract us from how much that we're all hating being cooped up inside our houses. So, I absolutely think that it's massive that the EPL is coming back and doing all this just to try to make everyone's lives seem more normal and to make everyone's lives better. Um, I will say this, though. I'm actually really not a huge fan of betting on soccer, but... I mean, I feel like I've kind of figured it out and done decent on it, but I just hate the fact that you can draw. You know what I mean? The draw is... And you have to bet for a draw. You know, like, like, like mm -hmm. if there's a draw, both parties should just get their money back. Like, it shouldn't be a... You just lose just because two teams couldn't win. The problem is that the draw just happens so often in soccer that, you know, they just kind of have to make it a thing. So, I mean, it is what it is, honestly. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm just glad to have sports back in any way, shape, or form. I mean, man, I need something. I'm, I'm getting sick. Like I said, I'm getting sick and tired, man. I've, I've played so much 2K. So we'll shift the gears to the MLS, uh, the second sport to come to Orlando, maybe the third if NHL you know, decides to sign on. Um, all 26 MLS teams will meet in Orlando um, July 8th is the tentative start date, no earlier than July 8th, so it could be a little bit after that. Um, they will they will team up in Orlando for a MLS is back tournament. 
which uh, won't have really any bearing on how the season's going to go, the 2020 regular season. This is just a several-game tournament-style kind of cup that the MLS loves to do because they like ad adopting those European soccer-style schedules. And the winner of this um, tournament, the MLS's back tournament, will get a CONCACAF Finals bid. So it kind of takes the place of the regular season points champion. Um, so instead of the winner of regular season points would get the bid to the CONCACAF Final. But um, now the winner of this tournament will get final. So one of the weird things that I think is going on with the MLS is... A lot of the teams that are training and getting ready for this, like I know the Atlanta United facility is now back open, and it has been for, I guess, about a week and a half now. Um, the requirement is for all teams to report to Orlando no, or no later than seven days before this tournament starts. And they're doing this because they know that some teams would prefer to train in their own hometown or in their own facilities, and it's easier to delegate these cleaning and disinfecting responsibilities to teams instead of having to overtake it and do it all by yourself. Thomas Penland, will you be watching the MLS's back tournament? And especially even more, though, because it's going to be on at night. That's the hardest part. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy watching these soccer games during the day and whatnot, but, I mean, man, it's at nighttime when I miss sports the most. I will absolutely be watching the MLS tournament, and I honestly think it's going to be pretty fun, you know, because ba basketball is not going to be back till the 31st. We don't even know if baseball is coming back yet still, so I think it's going to be great. And I think it's a really good move by the MLS too. You know, I think this is – the MLS might see some more viewership keep going up and up and up, and, you know, they keep putting all these clubs in all these other states. Like I know Cincinnati just got a team. I mean, shoot, our team's pretty recent as well. So at the end of the day, I'm a fan – hey, like I said, I'm a fan of sports coming back any way possible. Thomas Penland, you are a true professional. That's why I really enjoyed your segue into the MLB. Is it your opinion that we will not have an MLB season this year? It comes down to it. They're going to figure something out. But, I mean, I all at the same time would not be shocked if they didn't have one. I mean, they keep countering back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with all these everything. To be honest with you, I've stopped completely reading about it because, I mean – I feel like they're going to have to determine something, but it, be completely honest with you guys, I'm extremely pissed off that baseball hasn't come up with any kind of plan yet because baseball is a dying sport in America. The viewership keeps going down and down. I thought they had a really good season. I mean, the fact that they missed the season, baseball could completely die. But on top of that, you have the entire month of July with no sports. You could have got this plan in place months ago and been ready to come back to play, but they're still trying to figure it out and everything. But, I mean, at the same time, I can't blame the players. They're getting cut out of their money. No, I can't blame the players at all. Um, I, I, if I had to pick a side in this debate, except for just being mad, there's no baseball. I think I would side with the players. Um, Blake Snell makes some really good points about, you know, like, like people have to bring their families with them. Some people are actually scared to get the coronavirus because they have family members who are immunocompromised and old and sickly. Um, I think he makes some really good points and I'm on the side of players if there is a side to be on. Um, but what you said, I think is really, really, really interesting. Um, no sports for the whole month of June or July in terms of the big American sports. Isn't that just sort of like everybody's been sitting at home. There's been no roadblock to getting stuff done. There's been no roadblock about sitting on your computer and researching things for eight hours at a time. Why are we waiting so long for these plans to be put in place? Why did it take the NBA so long to restart the season back up? Why are we just now starting actual meaningful baseball talk? 
that's what tells me that we're not going to have a baseball season this year is that they've waited so long and they are so far away on 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 the issue that we're just not going to get a schedule and this this thing started in March dude I remember I think it was it was middle of March that this stuff kind of started why why were we not beating the fucking pavement on on May 1st trying to get all this stuff figured out and done like it's it to me you just waited too long and now you lost like a whole lot of momentum and now next year is fucked up for us I think people were really confused and everything about coronavirus and the seriousness and what was going on and you know all that stuff so I can't really blame them for not having everything and putting the plan in place yet I'm just glad like you said you know I'm not really going to get mad over what's going on how it's gone down I'm just glad that we already have a plan in place and we're coming back to play for the NBA you know the MLB on the other hand I really I don't even have any other comments on the MLB well, two bags, I'm going to force you to make a few of them. Some of the um, proposals that if the two sides do reach an agreement, which in my opinion seems unlikely, but there will be a universal DH, uh, you'll get larger rosters, 30-man active roster, and, and a 20-player taxi squad. Um, you'll get a schedule that's kind of built into itself regionally, which me me meaning like the Mets, Yankees, and Red Sox would play each other a lot, uh, the Marlins, Braves, and I, yeah, that's about it, I guess. Rays, all these teams that are regionally close to each other would play each other a lot. Um, Thomas Pillen, the one question I do have to pose for you, if baseball does come back, would you want the the 100-game-plus schedule or would you be okay with the 60-game-plus playoffs? I'm okay with 60-games-plus playoffs, but I definitely see the counter-argument of, I mean, the Orioles could go on a little hot tear. And you know what you know what I mean? Like yeah, a sixty game plus plus season, I feel like in a long season like baseball really doesn't necessarily make the best teams win. Like I remember last year, like Scherzer's first four starts, he got shelled, then he finally settled in and was back to Cy Young level Max Scherzer, you know, like that's just kind of the way baseball has been played and is played. So I think that, that definitely really throws a wrench in things, but I mean, I'd say honestly, I probably would prefer a hundred and like ten game season, yeah, but but, I mean, I'll take whatever they give us. Yeah, um, I think 60 is a little bit too light. I think that 60 is way too light. Um, I, I even think that 80 or 90 is a little too light. I would take 80 or 90, but to play a 60-game season would just be outrageous, and I, I, would, I would bitch and moan as hard as I could the whole time to get them to change that. Um, have a 60-game season or have no baseball at all to watch? No baseball at all to watch. Wow. Because, wow. because a 60-game season would do nothing but fuck up the start of next season, and whoever w did win the title, we would just be like, dude, that doesn't count. You only played goddamn 70 games total to win the World Series. Like, come on now. That, that to me, is sports. We're supposed to figure out the, the best team in each league. That's what the championship is played for. And these shortened seasons, these crazy formatted tournaments, this low rest, this one single site playing ability – that, to me, messes up the formula so much that we are not getting the best team to win a championship out of every sport. That's my big kind of roadblock caution to all of this is that we're not getting the best product on the field or on the TV, so why play them? At the same time, baseball is a dying sport. You can't afford to miss out on that time. And on top of that, you know, why not experiment with a couple things you've always wanted to try? You know, why not? Go ahead and try out a couple of new strategies and everything. See how it works. See how it's received, especially if it's not going to count. I mean, I kind of agree with you more so in baseball to win count, but to me, it's still in the NBA. If you win the title this year, I think I'd definitely count, in my opinion. 
Well, with, with, with baseball in, in specific, and it's a great point that you bring up because I've heard this on the radio. I, I'm a huge sports radio guy. Um, I hear this on the radio all the time. Baseball's a dying sport. Baseball's a dying sport. I don't think baseball's a dying sport. I think baseball is a niche sport. I think that baseball has a hard time garnering new fans, but the fans that it has now won't leave baseball even if they do give us this shitty 62-game season. So I don't think baseball is a dying sport in, in, in the aspect that any, any loss of momentum could kill baseball. Because baseball is, is still an American institution. It's still, quote-unquote, America's pastime. It has the biggest TV deals out of any sport, and it has the, the, the most staff players out of any sport. So I don't think baseball is dead. Do I think that baseball is in a predicament? Hell yes. I think baseball is in a really bad spot. But I don't think baseball is a dying sport. I think baseball has the fans that it's going to have, and it's just hard to make new ones. But I don't know, man. 62 games... If you ask me what I prefer, 62 games or zero games, absolutely zero games. Let's move on to the NHL, a sport that I am probably least familiar with out of all these sports. Um, I'm not a huge hockey guy. Growing up in the South, we didn't really get hockey. Like, the Atlanta Thrashers were sold whenever I was 10, 12 years old. So there's really no connection to hockey here. Like, I went to a Gwinnett Gladiators game last year, and it was cool. Like, it was a fun time. I didn't really get what was going on just because I'm not really a humongous hockey nut. But um, the NHL is kind of in between right now. They have a plan. They just don't have any details for this plan. 24 out of all the 31 teams to um, to restart. We're going to have two hub cities, presumably east and west. Um, training will start no earlier than, than the 10th of July. The top four in each conference in the standings will get a bye for the playoffs. Then after that, They'll play a round-robin tournament for seeding. Then, to get through that, you'll play a five-game series for the other eight playoff teams to determine who actually is the other eight playoffs team. And then you will have a seven-game playoff series after you finalize all the seeding. Thomas, are you a big NHL guy? Honest with you, I couldn't name you ten players that play in the NHL, and I never watch NHL, period. But I, I couldn't name NHL- five. NHL is coming out at the same time that the NBA is, so I will not be watching NHL, and I'm not even going to sit here and try to talk about hockey and to give you all some information. Yeah, I know nothing that I'm and, talking and, about. And I mean, like, I know that we're trying to push sports back into the mix and get everybody kind of relevant again, but isn't it kind of a dumb move to try to rival the NBA like that, especially if you're a small, regional kind of sport like hockey is? For hockey coming back and the people who like to watch it, you know, like you said with baseball, it's a small niche market, and the people who came up watching will keep on watching it, but. I'm all for hockey coming back, don't get me wrong. I mean, I just don't really have many thoughts on it just because I don't really know anything about hockey. And to be honest with you, I didn't even really pay any attention to their plan to come back to play just because, I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a I hate hockey kind of guy, but oh, I mean, I it's just hockey. irrelevant to me because I don't really know it. Well, I mean, um, see, my, well, my biggest thing for me with hockey is I'm such a huge basketball and football fan that, and even baseball fan that at the end of the day, I'm never going to choose to watch hockey over those sports. Now, if there's a time where ho- if hockey was the only sport on, I'd pr- probably give it a watch. But also, yeah. I mean, Atlanta doesn't have a hometown team either, and I was too, just like you, two young thrashers were here, so that's just, that's just my whole thing with hockey. Yeah, and hockey right now doesn't have a, 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 a laid-out plan to return. These are things that have been voted on and approved and put into action, but they don't even have the two cities that they're going to go to yet. They don't even have, like, game dates. All they have is training start dates. Like, this is nowhere near a finalized plan. But hockey fans, be on the lookout. Your sport is on the way back. Thomas Penland, the meat and potatoes of this episode, the one 
sport that I know me and you wanted to talk about, our favorite sport, oh. the NBA is back, baby. Even though I don't like it, the NBA's back. Listen, it's you're you're right now the one like in my opinion, Cohen, I understand your beef with everything with the NBA coming back in the way it has, but at the same time, it's like crying over someone giving you a free pair of shoes that are red and you only like white or black shoes. Yep, That's the way sure I look is. at you being mad about it. It is. And the thing, look, the thing that I know still is that there's still some, some kinks and stuff that need to be worked out. Like we're not sure if that Alvin Gentry and Mike D'Antoni will be allowed on the sidelines because they're over 65 years old. I mean, there's still a good bit of details that are still being worked out and kinks and everything. But I'm just glad that we have a plan in place. Everybody, agree, everybody except for the Portland Trailblazers voted yes for it. And I'm just honestly happy to have NBA back. It just feels good to know that we're still going to get to watch some basketball and get to watch the rest of the season. I mean, don't get me wrong. I kind of would have preferred them to do like maybe a couple, like maybe do the first round three games, the second round five, then go seven for the last two series, you know. But the main reason why they chose to do eight regular season games is because if they, they don't finish out those eight games, that leaves every team in the league below 70 games, which means they would have to give back a ton of money for yeah. advertisements and local TV deals. So they're satisfying all those deals, and then they're going to get to the playoffs and play. I actually think that the whole – playing eight to ten regular season games instead of jumping right to the tournament is one of the things that the NBA did right. I didn't even know that there was that TV deal contract like like you just said, but that's good. I think it's good to let teams get some warm-ups, like at least some sort of exhibition-style thing to get them ready for this tournament play because tournament play is going to be tough, dude. We're going to have eight games a day, all damn day at different times of the day in one building, so I think you kind of need to give some, give some regular season play to get that – time to get figured out and get all the kinks worked out i just think my my absolute biggest problem and this is not just with the nba but every sport we are we are doing no work i have not heard any talks i have not heard anything a plan being put in place to allow fans into the building thomas penland who's my favorite nba team thomas penland what in the playoffs what is the utah jazz's number one fighting characteristic that we have fans and honestly i can't wait, i'm gonna say this too i absolutely cannot stand the utah jazz fans yep and, but that's we there's a reason that the utah jazz and i'm not gonna say the best fans i'm just gonna say the, the loudest and most energetic and most productive fans in the nba is because the utah jazz enjoy if it's not number one it's number two of home court advantage in the nba playoffs what are we supposed to do now this Cohen, this is the real reason we finally figured out. I don't know why I didn't think of this at the beginning of the podcast. This is the real reason why you're not okay with there being fans in the stadiums, is because you don't think the Jazz are. Hey, I'm going to say this though. You know what team actually benefits the most off there not being fans of the stands? The Atlanta Falcons. No, the Clippers. And although I think the Falcons do too, but the Clippers. Yeah. And you know why I think the Clippers actually do is because when the Clippers play the Lakers at the Staples Center, no matter who the home team mm -hmm. is. It's all Lakers fans in there no matter what. I think it's absolutely massive advantage for the Clippers. And another big advantage the Clippers got is Paul George had just got more time to get healthy. You know, I think they made a big big advantage, though, too, for the Lakers. You know, Anthony Davis had never even played 16 games in a row, which is what it requires to win an NBA championship is you have to win 16 games. Yep. And he hadn't even played 16 games in a row. So, I mean, Anthony Davis was beat up. He's back healthy. LeBron's back healthy. I think all these injured guys – are getting a big boost in everything. So 
I mean, I'm not ready to pick. Honestly, I took both the Lakers and Clippers to win the title just because I think you're getting the best odds you're going to get at them right now with, with both teams over plus 300 and the Clippers are over plus 400. But one thing that people really aren't talking about is, you know, what it happens if the Giannis tests positive for coronavirus or what if LeBron or Anthony Davis test positive for coronavirus? You know, that's something that teams really haven't talked about. And we also haven't really heard how many of these G League or two-way players are going to be allowed to dress or be on the team's bench. Well, you know what? Like, you know what's going to suck is whenever all 22 of these teams get down to Orlando and we play a few regular season games and everything seems to be going all hunky-dory, what happens when Giannis gets coronavirus and we have to shut down the tournament and then just quit playing it because they tried to rush back too quick? Like, will they keep playing the tournament if a player gets coronavirus or do they just quit or what? No, they keep playing, but that player gets gets quarantined for 14 days. Ah, Milwaukee would have won the title if Giannis would have been allowed to play. This is such bullshit. Can, can you hear it now? Yeah. But, I mean, hey, we just got to do what we can with the circumstances we're given. I mean, if something like that happens, then absolutely there will be an asterisk next to the team's name that wins the title. But at the same time, like I said, man, I'm just happy to have NBA back in some way, shape, or form. I will say this, though, too. I kind of like how they switched everything over to – it's all about your win percentage yep. for getting these places, and it's not the uh, and it's not about you know who has the most wins and whatnot. Because some teams have played less games than some. Um, how, how do you feel about the uh, play-in tournament for the uh, for the um, eighth seed, and do you think they should keep that moving forward? No, I don't like it. I think they uh, whoever wins the eighth seed should win the eighth seed. I think it works for this particular situation. Um, I think four games back is a bit big. I, w- I would switch it to maybe like two or three games back just to make it a little bit closer. But if my team was an eight seed, like the – who is it right now? The Dallas Mavericks or the Memphis Grizzlies, you would have a hard time telling me that just because I only have three games up on on, on the ninth seed that I, that I have to play them again just to see who gets in. I don't like that. I like whoever wins the eight seed wins the eight seed. I like the tournament. I just don't like the, the, the one singular play-in game if it's close. You know, I like it personally just because, I mean, they have to – the um, lower seed has to beat the eight seed twice in a row pretty much, which I think is going to be pretty hard to do. I mean, it's pretty hard to beat a team twice in a row on a neutral site, I personally think. So I think really don't think there's much advantage. I like it for this scenario, but I think in an 82-game season, you really can't give another team another chance. I mean, no, you can't. shoot, they had, they, had 82, they had 82 opportunities to get that eight seed. You can't give them two more, you know what I mean? So yeah. I like it for this situation just to make things more fun. I thought they should have changed the playoff format up even more so just to make it even more fun because, you know, at the end of the day, in my opinion, I mean, I agree with you that there's probably going to be an asterisk next to the team's name that wins the title, but – I still just think it would have been fun, you know, to switch things up and try out some different strategies. Like what? Um, I really liked the idea of maybe doing, like, group stages and letting all 32 teams get out there, or even taking the 22 teams and doing, like, group stages. or Yeah, or doing, like, the first round is three games, the second round is five games, the the conference finals is seven, and then the uh, championship is seven, or maybe even doing a one seeding them one through twenty-two or one through sixteen, and doing something like that. I don't know. I just thought there was a lot of different ways they could have tried to switch things up. But hey, I can't hate on the way they're doing it though. I think it's still gonna be fun. And honestly, it's gonna be awesome. I mean, shoot at about twelve o'clock, maybe even earlier than that. I'll be sitting on my couch watching NBA. Oh, it, oh, it'll have to be like like if they want to get all these games done in like, like in a day, it'll have to be like nine thirty in the morning is when we'll start. 
Hey, I will say this, though. I want to go ahead and say this for some betting advantages. Look for these Western Conference teams to be playing at these earlier slot times to be to be kind of, you know, tired and sluggish because they're not used to being because, you know, because that if like if they're playing at 12, that's like nine o'clock for them out on the West Coast. And so, you know, these guys are getting up at five or six in the morning. So look for things like that. Look for teams like the Spurs. You don't have LaMarcus Aldridge, Trey Lyles and uh, and Yaka uh, Portal are only averaging. You know, both those guys are averaging less than seven points per game. Those are the only other big men they have on the roster. I mean, Ruby Gay's a small forward, but he could play power forward. But. You know, look for look to play player props on big men against them. Look to play the other team to have more rebounds than them. Look to play the other team just to beat them straight. You know what I mean? They'll struggle with teams with big men. Like, I think there's a lot of different angles and stuff. I think those are two good angles. Um, the Thunder, actually, were 23-8 um, and eight as a uh, road team this year against the spread. And they had, they, one of the, they had the second best record against the spread as an underdog. Um, I mean, the Thunder... I think the Thunder will play well, though, in these neutral site games. I mean, I think the Jazz, unfortunately, Cohen, as much as I hate to say it, without Bogdanovich, I think they're a great team to play against and with probably some chemistry issues they're going to have as well. I think that um, – trying to think of anything else I think leads to massive gambling advantage. There was one other one. I can't think of what it was earlier that I had on my – oh, another thing I think that's actually very smart to do is to be waiting until right before these this starts and everything to hear what these – you know, to hear what the local, you got to figure out who the closest reporters are that are getting the most insider information. You got to hear them talking about this team looks sluggish. This team is excited. This team is lacking. You know what I mean? I think you really got a key on those things, and that's going to be the key figures to play for. Also, the Lakers and the Bucks really have nothing left to play for. So I look for both those teams to coast through the uh, through the first round, and I'll definitely be taking the points. I mean, these teams are going to be playing. You know, they're not going to be playing with their home crowd. So I think these massive uh, underdogs are going to be able to keep it within the points personally because I mean. At the end of the day, anybody can beat anybody united and night out in the NBA regular season. You sure can. Let's, let's talk specifics. Um, there are 22 teams invited to Orlando. They will be playing at Disney. They will be playing a 16-day regular season around eight games. Eight games is not specific. It says around eight games that they could bump it up to 10. Um, if the eight seed has or if the eight seed leads the number nine seed by less than four games, there's a playoff, a play, a play in game for the last playoff spot, nine Eastern conference teams, which includes the Milwaukee bucks, Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Miami heat, Indiana Pacers, 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, Orlando magic, and Washington wizards against 13 Western conference teams. Because as you all know, the Western conference is immensely better than the Eastern conference. So it's only fair for them to have more playoff teams. The Lakers, the Clippers, Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, Portland Trailblazers, New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns. Now, Thomas Penland, do you think it is fair for the Western Conference to be able to bring more teams? And how do you like the teams that have been brought that would not have made the playoffs otherwise? I think it's fair for the Western Conference to have other teams. A lot of these Eastern Conference teams have already quit and given up on the regular season. I mean, I know they needed to get to 22, but at the same time, I think they could have easily left the Wizards and the Suns off and nobody would have complained and they could only have 20 teams there. But, you know, I kind of like the plan to bring all those other Western Conference teams along. All those other teams have a chance to make the playoffs. And, 
you know, realistically, at the end of the day, playing that tournament is all about trying to get Zion Williamson in the playoffs or Damian Lillard. I mean, as good as the Grizzlies have been, I mean, personally, I think it's probably going to be the Grizzlies or the Blazers end up making the playoffs out of these teams. But, I mean, it's just, I mean, Zion's the biggest name to enter the NBA since LeBron James. So, I mean, it's all about getting the big names and getting these TV. You know, they want as many people as possible because they're going to be going up against the NFL for TV ratings. So, I think that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So um, I know that your Atlanta Hawks um, are not one of the teams that were chosen. Let's say that they threw the Hawks in there. Would the Hawks have any shot in the world of competing with some of these teams on a clean slate? Absolutely, because the Hawks have Capella back now. I think the Hawks would have been a would have been a sleeper team, and they probably would have destroyed a lot of these teams. I actually think a team that can fly under the radar is the Pacers now that they have Victor Oladipo back and healthy. You know, it gave Oladipo even more time to recover. You look at it now; they got Sabonis and Miles Turner. A lot of these other Eastern Conference teams really don't even have the bigs to bang with them, and we know the one thing the Bucks can't get past a lot of big men. I mean, right now the Pacers be matched up with the Celtics, and I mean Turner and Sabonis would absolutely eat the lunch of all the big men on the Celtics. I mean, I consider Jason Tatum as playing. You know, he's more like a guard forward. Yeah, you know, he, he plays power forward. So I mean, he's a little different, but I mean, he's not going to be able to stop either of those guys down in the post. So. You know, I think that's I think that there's a lot of things to look at and stuff like that. Look at these guys who are battling injuries or guys, you know, coming back from injuries with more time that they had. But yeah, I think the Hawks absolutely would have competed. I'm honestly glad they didn't include the Hawks because I think because right now we have the third best odds of winning the you lottery. Fucked up your draft pick. Yep. So um, July 31st is the tentative return date that is not set in stone, but I think that they will honor that because it has been publicized so much. The NBA does not want to disappoint. And uh, of course, there will be no fans. They will they will play best of seven playoff series. I know that you said that you didn't like that, Thomas, but I think that I like keeping that sign of regularity in the NBA playoffs is good. I like sticking it to seven and keeping it uniform throughout the whole playoff format. Thomas, I, is is there any chance that you drive down to Orlando to tailgate some of these games at Disney? Nah, I ride way too far away from me. If they were letting fans in the building, you know, I'd be down there in two seconds. I'd probably shoot. I mean, if they were letting fans in the building, I'd be down there in one second if that's I what say, required, I, I, you know? I would already be down there. Like, if they made the announcement yeah. that, they, that they would let fans in the building, I would be down there waiting for the tournament to start. Imagine basically – it'd basically be like AAU with NBA players. I mean, yep. that's – be it'd be unreal but honestly i still think it's gonna be pretty fun i think it'll be fun too they should let the other teams like sit maybe like a seat or two apart from each other and wear yeah. a mask and come in there and watch them just to create crowd noise you, you know and make somebody it, in there yeah and make it aau environment but i mean honestly though cohen i really don't care if there's anyone in there or not as long as that ball is dribbling up and down the court and there's nba players playing at a high level that's all i need in my life Thomas Finland, according to the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Milwaukee Bucks are the NBA title favorites at plus 240, followed by the Lakers at plus 270, Clippers at plus 340. Then you go to your Houston Rockets at 1,200, Celtics at 2,000, Raptors at 2,400, Denver Nuggets at 2,500, Miami Heat at 2,700, and then the Philadelphia 76ers are also at 2,700, then my Utah Jazz are at 2,900. Give me a, a, a favorite pick and give me a flyer pick flyer pick it has to be even i guess the flyer pick is gonna have to be the raptors or the rockets just because i mean houston is a damn good team even though i think that they're really at a disadvantage now with their small ball lineup because it's kind of built around catching these teams tired and beaten up from a long season and being able to use pace in smaller lineups to run them off the floor but 
I think that that really plays a disadvantage to them and the fact that D'Antoni might not be able to be down there to coach. I think the Raptors pretty much have the exact same team, but Siakam has emerged as a better player, and I think they can still use their same strategy. I also think the Pacers have a decent, you know, like I like the Pacers' odds just to win the Eastern Conference. I don't think they can beat the Lakers or the uh, or the um, Clippers, but They're I mean, I think they're grand to win the title. Yeah, no, I, I would, but it's almost the same thing too for them to win the Eastern Conference, honestly. But anything, Barry, I'd put just a tiny little bit on the Pacers to win the Eastern Conference. But I really think that the favorites, I think it's foolish to bet on the Bucks because I don't think the Bucks can beat the Clippers or the Lakers. So I Me think either. the Clippers, the Lakers is the front runner you got to put money on. Personally, I think the Cl- it's it, I'm torn because the way I look at it right now is that LeBron is the most motivation he's ever going to have, aside from the Kobe thing, aside from LeBron needing it for his legacy, aside from all those other things. LeBron literally just watched for the for five Sundays in a row. Everyone tweet about Michael Jordan. He watched those Jordan documentaries. LeBron's ever going to be the most motivated he's ever going to be to win a title. It's now. And you also got to think about this. LeBron's a hell of a lot richer than all these other players. He's going to have the most state-of-the-art gymnase gym and everything. I mean, I see it on his Instagram story all the time that he can work out in. So he's going to be in better shape than everyone. And LeBron's the most mentally tough player in the league. I think if any, it's, it's going to be the, between the Lakers and the Clippers, I think, to win the title. I mean, I just don't see it going any other way. Personally, not gambling. Who's your pick to win? And making a selection right now, but if you put a gun to my head and said I had to pick one right now, I'm taking the Clippers. Me, me as well. You stole my answer. I was going to say I think the Clippers, um, in terms of top tier talent, are a little bit more talented than the Lakers. The Lakers obviously have the best player in the NBA, but I think the Clippers are a little bit better of a whole built team. And I think that they are built better to play in this crazy style format because Kawhi Leonard is a known commodity. He, he rolls out of bed, and you know what you're getting from him. The Lakers, that's not so much. If you completely. I mean, Paul George and Kawhi are going to be some dogs out there on the floor, and they both of them can guard LeBron, and Paul George is healthy. So, I mean, I, I, I just – I don't know, man. It's just so tough. If the Lakers are missing one player because of Corona, they're done rather than the Clippers can afford a little bit more than some of these other teams to miss a guy or two. 100%. Thomas Penland, I appreciate your talk about the NBA Summer League Championship Tournament that's going on uh, at the end of next month. Uh, We are very excited. Even though I have my gripes and I have my things that are wrong with the format that I 100% will stick by, I am still excited to get NBA back, even though I am a very jaded fan and I wish I had Bojan Bogdanovich back. We do not. But we will still continue to watch. We will bet. We will waste all our money on this tournament, and hopefully we'll win some too. Thomas Pinlin, plug yourself so the folks can find you. Guys, follow me on Twitter at TP3Wins, on Instagram at TP3Bets. You can also find me on TRPLive.com. Um, I actually posted I posted a couple NFL draft articles, so those are old. But I actually do have an article up there about why I think Giannis is going to leave the Bucks in free agency in 2021 so go give that a good read if you're bored or anything you just want to read some good content but cohen i appreciate you having me on once again i enjoyed it man me too even though we sit here and bitched and moan the whole time i did enjoy it um ladies and gentlemen you can find the podcast page at tdd pod on instagram and twitter you can find me on instagram cohen underscore hughes i do not have a twitter that is a cesspool of bad information and opinion um you can find me on facebook at cohen hughes you can also join the daily degenerate shit talk extravaganza i always forget the name i never memorize the name which is fucked up on my part but hell just hit me up and we'll get you a uh, invite to the group and we will support the shit talk of i think about 1700 people right now i think is what we got so we're growing we're doing good and also i'm in the sports merger you can find me there as well ladies and gentlemen this has been episode 130 
of the Daily Degenerate Podcast, the State of Sports Edition. We humbly thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, rate, and do all that millennial shit. Um, hit me up with any feedback or whatever questions, concerns, whatever. Be on the lookout for more NFL season preview editions. Um, still have to record a few more. I'm mostly done recording, but I still have to record a few more. And I still have to upload about half of them. I'll, I'll put them a few days apart. That way I'm not shocking the airways with all my content. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. I humbly thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.